in the morning when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press. And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? The Titans beat the Bills 34-31 last night. The Bills had a fourth and one on the Tennessee three-yard line with 25 seconds to go. They ran a quarterback sneak. Josh Allen appeared to trip or slip and did not get the first down. So instead of kicking the game-tying, what, 25-yard field goal, they went for the fourth down conversion and did not get it. I love that call. I love going forward on that fourth down because... Uh, I saw a stat today. Josh Allen has converted before that 29 of 31 quarterback sneaks in his career. Uh, the odds are heavily in your favor that you're going to convert that. They didn't, and they lost, but I love the aggression there to go. Yeah, it. on the road, had no problem with it. We, you saw in the replay his foot slipped. If it didn't, he gets it. Yep. So no problem with it at all. I yeah. mean, it's you, you go for it, and you know you didn't make it, so it doesn't happen for you, but I do that every time. I would go for it every time on the road like that in terms of I actually thought on the leap, he might have made the spot. He did not. He didn't? No. I thought I thought he came close. No, the ball never got to the marker. His, like, shoulder and head got there, but the ball never got to the marker. because yeah, he got all turned around. Yeah. yeah. So I still go for it. Yeah, I would, too. And the other thing is, it's Josh Allen. Of all the quarterbacks in the league that you're going to choose to pick up a, not even like a 240 yard. pounds. Right. <laughs> exactly. I'm going with Josh Allen. Yes. Like, uh, yeah, I feel pretty comfortable with that one. So I 100% agree with the decision. And again, it all goes back to coaching to win the game or coaching right. to not lose right. the game. And kicking the field goal is basically saying, well, I can play it safe for overtime. And we'll get to overtime and hope. Yeah, and give me a 50-50 shot or right. whatever at winning. Whereas going forward on fourth and one there says, hey, now I've got a couple of plays to score a right. touchdown and win the game right now as opposed to going to overtime. Who's the best team in the AFC? Oh, Baltimore? Baltimore. Are we sure? No. Oh, absolutely not. They beat the Lions on a 66-yard field goal. They lost to the Raiders in overtime. Looked pretty good this week. They did. Looked absolutely really did. I The Chiefs arm punted. Yeah, I <laughs> I don't know who the best team in this in the AFC is. I think it's and Baltimore. I, I almost feel like the five best teams in the league might all be in the NFC. Rams, Rams, Dallas, Bucks, Cowboys, Bucks, Packers, Cowboys, Packers, and Cardinals. Ooh, I, I mean, don't know. If, I don't know if they're all better than Baltimore. They're probably not all better than Baltimore or Buffalo, but right. I I feel like there's a top five or six over there, and in the AFC, there's well, maybe two Baltimore's or three. Good, maybe Buffalo's good, and then I mean, Cincinnati's tied for second and four and two. Tennessee's four and two. If Tennessee had beaten the Jets, they'd be five and one. Yeah. We'd be talking about Tennessee tied for first place today. Is anyone else freaked out that this may be the first time in their life that the Bills and the Titans are playing meaningful games <laughs> on in prime time? In week six? Like I'm I'm like I was watching that last night and I like part of me went, 
This is normally the type of game reserved for Thursday night yeah, football. Yeah, well, it's Thursday night football, exactly. Like, well, hey, the Titans have always played important games just because the AFC South sucks and that they can sneak in at 8-8. Eight eight. <laughs> okay, all I remember all I remember is Peyton Manning just being like, thanks for adding this team that I can beat the crap out of every year. Great question. Thank you. Nick Rolovich has been fired by Washington State. He refused to get vaccinated. Uh, he, a couple weeks ago, actually replied for a religious exemption to not uh, have to get the COVID vaccine. But Washington State has fired him with cause, and most people are connecting the dots there that that cause is he refused to get vaccinated. Yeah, did it to himself. Uh, He's known for a long time what 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 was going to happen. Uh, he probably thought the religious exemption would get him past it. It didn't, so he fired himself. I no problem. And so did the assistant coaches who got fired. Yeah, I think it was three of them. Yeah, they, all, they got fired. Well, yeah. too bad. Uh, so you're looking at, just just to run this down here, Nick Rolovich, um, his career as a coach, right? Starts out as assistant coach in high school. Then he's a student assistant at Hawaii. Then he goes to uh, City College of San Francisco. Then he's back at Hawaii as the QB coach, offensive coordinator, O coordinator at Nevada. Finally gets his break with Hawaii as a head coach in 2016, right? 14 years of grinding as a football coach gets his break at Hawaii. Then you get a power five job moving up to Washington state and he throws it away because he doesn't want to get vaccinated. I think he was at 3 million a year and, and he's getting fired for cause eliminates buyout. Absolutely. Like that's the important distinction there. When you get fired because your team sucks, you get paid a buyout. When you get fired for cause because you did something, you don't get the buyout anymore because you pulled up to a lady at a gas station and said i really <laughs> like that coach joe's getting 16 million are you kidding oh, yeah. me how he's is that getting, not cost? i don't no. know he's, he's getting, getting 16 he's getting million he's getting coach, you had children running drills <laughs> he's getting like 10 million in january yeah. he's getting his he's getting his buyout yeah those yoga pants they'll be good for you that's a great great question Evander Kane has been suspended 21 games by the NHL for violating the NHL's COVID protocols. The NHL did not say what exactly he did to violate the rules, but we had a report last month that Evander Kane submitted a fake vaccination card. So putting two and two together, yeah. Evander Kane has been suspended 21 games for submitting a fake vaccination card. I'm going to believe that because I think if it was just him, I don't know, going out where he shouldn't have gone out or whatever is something with the vaccine or I think 21 games a lot. So I think he just I think they got pissed because he tried to get past me, tried to beat the system with a fake card. And anything else would have been like five games yeah. or, you know, doing something stupid I and mean, going out when he shouldn't have 21 games. <laughs> Is a lot of games. It had to be. You tried to pull one over on us, and, you know, to heck with you. They, The NHL also said yesterday, because it's amazing how many stories there are about Evander Kane, that they investigated the domestic violence claims from his estranged wife and did not find any evidence to substantiate those right. claims. So Evander Kane went one and one yesterday. I Like, he's had so many storylines this offseason, and, well, how the season started now. It's unbelievable. The other part of this, he's suspended for 21 games. Is he playing again in the NHL? Well, they said, uh, we was reading Shang Pang yesterday, and they said they have to figure out what to do with him now. I mean, the Sharks have to figure out. He can come back in November, or he'd be eligible given the 21 games. I think it's late November. But 
in reading Shang, it wasn't like, oh, he's coming back for sure. Right. It's well, like, no, they have to figure out what to do with this guy. Okay, the start of the offseason, there was a story in The Athletic about how teammates, his teammates for the Sharks, went to management and said, we don't want him on the team. Right. Get rid of him or we don't want to play here. That was before all of this yeah. stuff. Yeah. That was before this entire offseason. I can't imagine the guy plays, yeah. at least for the Sharks again. And if you're another team, you're not trading for him. I you got. I mean, I guess I don't know what the best option is salary cap-wise for the Sharks, but it feels like you just got to buy the guy out and just say, I'm yeah, not this so is sure. it. sure. I think another team might take him. You're trading for him, though? Because here's no, the other thing. No, 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 no. But, but if, if they move on from him and he's well, out yeah, there. If they buy can... him out, then yeah, sure. But like, I, the other part is to trade for him right now or no. whatever. His cap hits like seven or eight million. No. Like, he's got a big cap. It's right. not like this is a guy making a million dollars. You can right. give him a shot, find a spot for Like, you got a clear space to I mean, you know, it would be great if he went to the Rangers. <laughs> I mean, come on. That, and then then you'd have the only team in the NHL where two of your own guys are fighting in the middle of the ice, <laughs> like on the same team. That would actually be pretty good. Well, Ryan News would have to get on the ice for that. Uh, yeah. Whoa. I just, I the curious part to me, the teammates go up to management and go, we don't want to play with him. And it's like, okay, so you're playing a sport where you're skating around on ice, like on like blades, and you will, every once in a while, a fist fight will break out. But the thing that you're like, I have a problem with, is that dude? Okay, yeah, yeah. that guy must suck. Bad guy. Oh, uh, you know, I can't tell you that. <laughs> I forgot we had him. Can you play that again? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I can't tell you that. <laughs> the Seahawks have called Cam Newton. Uh, obviously, Russell Wilson is injured. Geno Smith is their quarterback at the moment. Cam Newton said he is vaccinated now. Uh, he got cut by the Patriots. Eh, potentially had something to do with him not being vaccinated when he did get cut before the season started. Uh, but he says he's vaccinated now. If you're the Seahawks. Would you rather have Geno Smith or Cam Newton? I'd rather have Cam Newton. Probably rather have Cam Newton. I think so. The only hesitancy is that if you sign Cam Newton now, how quickly is he grasping everything? Right. And, and go like, right. are you going? How long? How long is Russell Wilson out? Uh, what is it? Six weeks. And it's been two. Yeah, it's a good point. Like, how, how much could he pick it up before they wouldn't need him? So that's my only thing. If you think, hey, Russell or Cam Newton can come in here, and in the second week he's here, we're good to go, running at 80%, 90% or something like that, then, yeah, I, I don't see why not. I mean, I don't know that he's significantly better than what Geno Smith has given you, but probably better. And if you're the Seahawks, I guess, I guess the only other reason would be you're going to tank the season and try to play for right. a good draft pick, which... They probably should do. Have you seen their division? Like, yeah, <laughs> 49ers are the third best team in that yeah. division. So that's probably the smarter thing for them. But Pete Carroll's not actually going to do that. So, yeah, they should probably call Cam Newton. Get a goal line back. I don't care about him. Next question. All right. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. So the Chicago Sky won the WNBA title in four games. After game four, the Phoenix Mercury their coach talked to the media, held a post-game press conference, but the players, none of the players talked to the media right. after the game. Okay, so this is my take on it, and I was talking to Kevin Bollinger. We both had the same take after the Raiders game because I didn't know that happened. I knew the Sky had won, and we both agreed, then don't come out and say you want to be treated the same. Don't do that. Does LeBron James talk if he loses the NBA Finals? 
sorry, if you lose, you have to you, you go talk. And you know, you might not be the in the best mood. You might be very emotional about it. Right. But everything's like, well, we want to be treated the same. This is wrong. We want to be paid. All of this stuff. Well, then when you lose a, in the in the finals of your sport, the finals. This was like a first round series, even though you should talk then too. Then you need to come out and talk. And I don't. Maybe you say three words. I don't. I'm not telling you what to say. I'm saying you can't have it both ways. You can't be like, why is this so unequal? But we're not going to talk when we lose. I just don't agree with that. Now, that's the journalist to me. Maybe other people have different views. But that doesn't, to me, that's not good. I don't have a massive issue with them not talking to the media, mainly because the coach did talk. Like, there was somebody that talked after the game. I think it looks weak, though, if you are the Phoenix Mercury and specifically Diana Taurasi, yes. who is one of the biggest trash talkers in the WNBA who had a quote about she got fined for running into a referee during this series. And like she's trash talking the entire series to then you lose and you not say anything. I'm not too worried about it from the journalistic standpoint of it. I just think it looks weak as a, as Diana Taurasi to talk trash the entire season, the entire playoff run. And then, Oh, the season's over. I'm not talking yeah. to anybody. I think it looks weak when Diana Taurasi, whether it's against the Aces or whoever, is first in line on television with her headset on, talking, laughing, hugging everybody, and then you lose and you don't talk. You rip a one door of, off the hinges. I mean, yeah, one of the greatest players, women's players who's ever lived, and you won't talk after a loss, after you had no problem talking after everyone and laughing and yucking it up. I, that's She's the only one after the Aces. Every, she's the only one they talked to on TV, right? I mean, every I think so, yeah. after every win, she was the one with the headset on, and she's laughing, and, you know, this is who we are, and we're, we're, we're great, and we're that. And then you lose, and you're Diana. And I would here's the other thing. If it was just the coach and Tarasi, I probably wouldn't have a problem with it. If you send her out as a representative, she's your best player, one of the best players ever, and she goes and talks, I'm fine. But for no player to talk after that, I don't like it. Coming up next... Well, we don't really have any injury updates. We'll find out who's playing for the Golden Knights this week. It's going to be a mystery. Oh, now a left-wing shot, and that one is in for the Knights. Evgeny Dodonov from the left-wing circle with a few players moving towards the net. Just pulled up and flipped a wrister inside the left post to beat Peterson. And the Knights are on the board for the first time since the nine-minute mark of the first. They now trail 6-2. to two. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Jared loves when I do this and change the rundown on the fly. <laughs> what? There's a story out. Take a guess. How much do you think UNLV's sideline slot machine cost? Five grand. It's not even close. No. It was pretty big. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, the, 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 it, was it was pretty, pretty big. Um, <laughs> 10000 UNLV's new sideline slot machine costs $60,000. Okay, I'll say this, though. That's better than, the, that's better than the 70 pay, they paid on that logo. So maybe they're getting hey, smarter in their purchases. Im that logo is getting used. Important, important distinction. Someone... It was donated yes, to yes. the program. UNLV did not pay $60,000. No. Uh, the company IGT that makes, they make slot machines on a regular basis. They, okay. UNLV went to them in the off season apparently and said, Hey, we have this idea. And IGT said, sounds great. We'll do it. And made them this giant slot machine that cost $60,000 and donated the program. Second thing to guess, how much do you think it weighs? 
Because like you said, it's big. It's big. <laughs> Is it bigger um, than Marcus Mariota? <laughs> no. Uh, and it's not as excited either after a win. Well, there's no wins. Um, I'm going to say. What if What if it does do something cool if they win? Yeah. What if it, they win and it just goes crazy and gives people money and money starts falling out? I'll say, oh, this is it's impossible to know. Two hundred and fifty pounds. Seven hundred pounds. Okay. This I, is a massive How did they machine. get that thing in there? Did I don't they, know, a good, they had to put they it on the rolling this, field. I was gonna to say, did they in. use the same truck they did when they brought that uh the, the um statue out when they removed <laughs> the statue and, and rolled it down Maryland Parkway and no one ever saw it again? I'm surprised that's not in here with the Gruden bobblehead. Yeah, the A-Reb statue? Yeah. What if one day we Whoa, walked in and the okay. A-Reb statue's in this studio? Hold on. There, there, yeah, there's like a, a, I would say an above 50% chance that I open a random door, like a closet, and it's somewhere and it's, in here. It's somewhere it's in, in yes. here. Yeah. Um, all right. 700 pounds. Yeah. So another fun detail here. Uh, they had the idea in the offseason. UNLV came up with this idea in the offseason. But the reason we didn't see it until last week is because the slot machine, basically UNLV said, hey, we want this slot machine. But every time you pull the lever, we want it to come up as a winner, right? We don't want you to pull the lever and it comes up as you don't win anything. So according, The Athletic, by the way, has a story on this. Uh, And the way they wrote it was IGT, for obvious reasons, never created a slot machine that won on every pull. (laughs) Doing so required mathematicians on staff to come up with an equation that crowned a winner each time the lever was pulled. That delayed the process and is part of the reason why it didn't make its debut until week Now, seven. this thing's 700 pounds. Are we going to see Derek Carr run over and pull this thing after he throws a touchdown? Are they removing this thing every time? That is a very good question. I'm going to have to guess. 700 pounds. I'm going to have to guess yes. I can't imagine the Raiders are just going to. The, the Raiders, Raiders might want it. The Raiders, Well, that's true. <laughs> that, they might want it. They're going to be like, wait a minute. Can we get our own slot machine yeah. over here? They're going to pay UNLV. Yes. We'll give you $75,000. Hey. We'll take it, please. UNLV will take that. 700 pounds. $60,000, and credit to UNLV, did not cost UNLV $60,000. No. It, it was will donated. go back to, it's the best thing that has happened in the year and a half. The it's slot so machine. It's so good. You guys and are I wanted... being so disrespectful to that man's hat. And I, the, the hat's cool. And I do want to reiterate, well, if you didn't hear the opener when we talked about this, Nobody thinks this is dumb. No, no, not at all. I don't know what he was talking I about. Haven't, Who I thinks haven't this seen, is dumb? I have not seen a single person. No. Cri- the only criticism I have was somebody on Twitter tweeted at me, not all the players are over 21. Oh. <laughs> who, who would be thinking that? Are you serious? Yeah. Well, what am I saying? I've seen stuff on Twitter. So, I mean, I, yeah. th- there is someone out there who would do that. But... Tw- <laughs> What if Come some on, of the man. what if some of the players have gambling problems? Come like on. what are we? <laughs> Unbelievable! I think it's awesome. It is. It's phenomenal. Now, do they do this after scores and turnovers? Uh, it's a momentum scores for sure. It's, it's a momentum thing. Okay, turnovers. Okay. So okay. here's my here's my big complaint with CBS Sports Network. Charles Williams had a 75 yard touchdown. Saw there. that sprints over to this slot machine and pulls the lever. And this is the first time anybody has seen this, right? We didn't even see pregame. Nobody even sent out like right. a picture of it pregame. It's just all of a sudden Charles Williams scores. He's running faster to the sideline than he is to the end zone. He's sprinting over there. Like the entire offense follows him. And you're like, what the hell's going on? He pulls the slot machine lever. And you're like, this is amazing. My big complaint, CBS Sports Network didn't show us the sideline slot machine for like another two quarters. 
Oh, like, it's horrible. Like UNLV scored again. UNLV had a turnover. So they kept do, they kept running over. They're well, obviously we never this. saw it. CBS wouldn't show us. So I don't know how often they used it. Is it always going to come up seven oh two? No, no, no. There's a couple different things that pop up. Um, okay. There's one that one that pops up. Three where apples. It's, it's three welcome cherries. to Las Vegas sign. Okay. There's a couple of different ones. So okay. it'll pop up different things every time. But yeah. But I'm I'm so mad at CBS Sports Network because okay. Charles Williams pulls this, and immediately it's one of the most viral things on Twitter, right? right Everyone right. in the college football world is like, excuse me? Yes. They have what? Yes. And for like over an hour, CBS Sports Network didn't show it again. Just put it on TV one more time. I like, show it every time. Nobody cares every time. about UNLV Utah State playing no. football anymore. No. They're here to see that. I will say that there probably was a producer going, Show us the thing. And then there was probably a member of management going, hold on. I have to look at our contract, whether or not we're allowed to show gambling on television. That's absolutely a great point. And I'm almost wondering, as buffoonery as that rule book is and all that goes into it, if the NCAA, like just like the nut job on Twitter to Tyler saying, what if they're not of gambling age? Like, I could see the NSA come in and try to screw this up. I, seriously. Yeah. Like, with the whole gambling. It would be completely stupid, but it would completely be like the NSA to come in and say, well, I don't know if we I, want these kids doing this. It sends the wrong message. If you're if you're UNLV, just laugh at them. Just say, what are you going to oh, do? Oh, I wouldn't stop it. What I just You, you, you just see people like who could come in and try to mess this up, and it's like the best thing they've done in, like, years. <laughs> so great. And listen, credit to UNLV. Finally, they've got something that's more viral than Max Gillum eating sushi off it's a true. naked model. It's true. They have finally Is this surpassed better than it. that? Yes. I, yes, I think so. I absolutely Ooh, think so. It's a tough one. I yeah. really wish they would have embraced that, though. Because because the the Max Gillum thing was still, it was still kind of in the weeds. You still had to, like, sort of read, like, so what's going on? There's a reality TV show. This is just very easy. UNLV's got a slot. <laughs> Maybe if Gillum had run over to the sideline and she'd have been on the table. Yeah, and absolutely. Have, and then a naked model would have been there and he started eating sushi after during the game. That would like, have been a hell of a been, celebration. <laughs> that would have been better than pulling the slot Max machine. Gillum had like some 70-yard runs. He yeah. could have done it. Run straight to the end zone. They, they got had that, some sushi. They got that nightclub, right? They yeah. Got oh, that night that's club. right. Could they have been the in club. the nightclub. Jump up yes. in the nightclub. Well, all I want is to make the slot machine more realistic. Put someone smoking a cigarette on oxygen in front of it and have the player kind of like sit there and be like, <laughs> All right, come on. I want the machine. <laughs> Coming up next, Charles McDonald joins the show. Our stats hogwash. Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Call the press box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678. Gives Henry on the right side. There he goes. 25-30, 35 40, 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, 5, end zone. Ladies and gentlemen, 76 yards, touchdown, Titans. The Bills back at the line of scrimmage. Josh taking his time. 20 seconds on the play clock, takes his snap, dives forward, and the Titans stop him. They stop him short of the goal line. Titans take over the crowd in a frenzy. Tennessee, with 12 seconds left, has the football. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Joining us now is Charles McDonald. Follow him on Twitter at 4Verts and check out his work at For the Win. Uh, Charles, maybe I have just uh, done a good job of uh, manicuring my own timeline that I did not see this, but I feel like 
at least from the media standpoint, we're at a point where everybody understands why the Buffalo Bills went forward on fourth and short last night instead of kicking the game-tying field goal. Is there hope for the future that people understand math and football? Uh, I would say you've definitely curated your timeline. I saw a lot of people who were like, what, what did they do? Kick the field goal there last night. Even, you know, even some uh, some analytics people, like I don't know, maybe, maybe you kick the field goal and try to kick the, uh, to get the, get the overtime. But, you know, I, I thought that that was interesting by them because, you know, coming into this game, like they were the better team uh, than the Titans. And honestly, like, I still feel like they're better, they're better team than the Titans. And I, I kind of feel like when you get into situations where, can either tie or, you know, go for the win. And maybe this is just, you know, maybe be too much college football for me. But I feel like when you're like the the better team, you can kind of take that. You can take that risk and go into overtime and play your out play player chances out there. But when you're an underdog, you know, maybe you want to go for the win and go for it. But that's not really what Buffalo was in that situation. So I thought it was a little bit uh, surprising that they decided to go for the win, but. At the same time, like their defense couldn't stop Derrick Henry all night, so maybe they just didn't want to play that chance again in overtime, and they went for it. But hey, they didn't get it, you know. And I don't really have a problem with the sneak call. Sometimes the defense they actually show up and do their job for a change. If it's not Buffalo, uh, and maybe not after na- last night, we were talking about this earlier. Who's the best AFC was as the AFC team? Uh, I still think it's Buffalo, uh, but you know, if I didn't, if I couldn't pick them. Uh, oh man, you know, I, I, there's part of me that still uh, wants to go with the Chiefs just because, like, it's hard to, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's hard. Like, even even as bad as their defense has been, it's still hard to just turn away from. Uh, you know, they got Mahomes and Kelsey and and, and Tyree Kill. So, uh, even though their record is three and three, I think I would still go uh, with the Chiefs just because it's hard, it's so possible to just keep that offense uh, under wraps for an entire game, and I think that. You know, even in moments where Washington saw where the Chiefs can shoot themselves in the foot, you know, you could still look up and they score 30 points even though they haven't played their best their best game. Uh, which of these four and two AFC teams is the best? Raiders, Bengals, Titans? Uh, I don't know. Cause I, 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 kinda always, I kind of feel like all three of them are overrated in their own ways, but uh, I think I'll go with the Raiders just because I, I think that what they've put so far – on tape so far this year has maybe been the most like repeatable thing uh, that you'll see as we go throughout uh, the rest of the season. I mean, the Bengals, they, to me, the Bengals, like they're, they're kind of like a year ahead of schedule where, you know, you got the foundation for a good team. Uh, but I think that this, they still need a little bit more depth, uh, maybe another off season to go to fill out some of that roster and the Titans. I don't know. This is the team that I know that they were down a couple guys, but they just lost the Jets a couple weeks ago. Uh, and I, I, I still think that the Bills are a better team than them. So uh, I think I'm going to go with the Raiders. Uh, Eric Carr, you know, even even with John Gruden now, he still seems to have a pretty good grasp uh, of that offense on Sunday against the Broncos. Uh, and the defense has, you know, they've they've kind of taken a step compared to last year. Max Crosby turned to the best, one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. So. Uh, of those teams, of those teams, I think I'm going to go with the Raiders. I mean, are those the two things staying with them? Because we sit around here and say, "Well, we've seen six and two before, and if they can beat Philly and the Giants after bye, they'd be six and two. Well, when's the slide going to start? Because they always seem to slide. Uh, are those the things that make you believe they won't this year? They still have to play Mahomes twice, the Cowboys, Herbert again. But are there certain things that you've seen? Is like maybe not this year. Maybe they could actually get there. 
Oh, hey, I mean, look, they've gotten past uh, the Broncos once, and I mean, this, the biggest thing that they have to do is win those in-division games because that's going to be the toughest part of their schedule. I mean, you, you're not – most teams, they don't have to play the Chiefs, Broncos, and Chargers twice, and as we've seen uh, throughout the early part of the season, like that's some of the best football that you're going to see uh, across this league. So, you know, I think if the Raiders can handle business, uh, in their out-of-division games, that's really going to be the difference for them uh, as they move throughout the season. You know, so far with their uh, one-on-one in the division, which is good because, you know, you don't want to be in a position where you're having to fight back or claw back from uh, an 0-2 spot like a lot of teams are around the league. So you're in a good spot to kind of have this be the year that, you know, you don't fluke out and kind of crash at the end of the season. But, you know, it's still going to be difficult in that division. But, you know, at the same time, you have to be excited with the early returns if you're a Raiders fan so far. Which NFL coach is most likely to pull an Ed Ogeron and bring the children of his 25-year-old girlfriends out onto the practice field? Uh, definitely Urban Meyer. Uh, <laughs> I think, I, I think that's, that's kind of safe. Like, he already uh his grandkids on the bus. Uh, a couple of weeks ago when he was like, oh, you know, I was only in Columbus, Ohio to visit my grandkids, even though I wasn't hanging out with my grandkids. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that Urban Meyer definitely has to be one. I, and honestly, probably number two is John Gruden. So uh, maybe, maybe they're doing a good job in, in trying to weed out some of the weird characters they have in the coaching ranks. We're not sure about this uh, because of what happened. And we said earlier, maybe not in football, we put out there a possibility of broadcasting I think he's 56, 57 years old. Is it over for John Gruden in football in any manner? Uh, I mean, in terms of, like, jobs that people care about, yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't, I can't imagine that he's going to get another NFL job again. I can't imagine that he ends up in a booth again, like Monday Night Football or uh, Sunday Night Football, anything like that, CBS, Fox, you know, <laughs> SEC on ESPN, like, even that's going to be <laughs> – uh, tough for him to get. So I, I I think in terms of the stuff that people are looking out for and are paying attention to, we've definitely seen the last of John Gruden there. Maybe he pops up at like a high school in a couple years ago, and, or in a couple years, and he's bored out of his mind. And he's the head coach from some high school team, the offensive coordinator from the high school team. But uh, when it comes to jobs that like have a high visibility, uh, yeah, he he's done. And I, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. And you know, he's got enough money where he'll be able to figure out what he wants to do until time to, uh, you know, until it's judgment day. <laughs> How poor of a job did Washington do in selling all of us on the idea that this Sean Taylor Jersey retirement had been in the works for months? Oh, I think it's absolutely embarrassing. Uh, like just a real, a real stain. I mean, it, and it's so hard to say that because, like this is this is Dan Spider we're talking about, and you know they 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 do bad decisions for fun. Like they they wake up in the morning and spin a wheel and see what things we piss people off with today. Uh, and they just got this so wrong, and I just don't understand how you even as an organization you go through this because you know I feel like the, the default sports fan their your brain goes. Oh, you know, these are the guys at the top of the profession. Like, they make millions and billions of dollars. Like, these guys have a clue of what's going on. And then you just see what Washington has going on the whole time. And, and you know, this part is just uh, 
beyond like just this ha ha Washington like you know you guys suck like it's it's just total disgrace. I mean, you you have this guy who, you know, at this point he's been gone for about almost like, almost fifteen years. Like we're coming up on, uh, on on when he passed, and you know you you just kind of throw together this retirement ceremony at the last minute to do with these emails. Now, you know it's kind of interesting like what happened with. You know, did they have this plan or not? But basically, just like from you, you can just kind of follow along on Twitter and see what guys like Ryan Clark and Brian Mitchell have tweeted. Where basically they had, you know, and Sean Taylor's brother, where they they had the weekend set up for a Washington football alumni event, and then that was, you know, that that's been planned for a while. And then this past week, you know, once things start getting bad emails, they just decide to throw in a retirement ceremony, like for his jersey, and you know. It, it was so half-assed. Like they had the same jerseys they had when he passed, or the same towels they had when he passed away uh, 15 years ago. Dan Snyder's wearing a sweatshirt. Like they didn't let anyone speak at halftime. Uh, they had the VIP section for you know Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and their family. They put the VIP section literally on a, a tribute for Sean Taylor. It, it's really hard to get this more wrong than they did. Like it's almost like they went into said, how can we just screw up and just desecrate this dead person as we deal with our own as we deal with our own problems? Uh, and if that was a goal, they did an absolutely perfect job. Isn't it amazing it's like the least most embarrassing thing that organization has ever done? <laughs> like when you think of other right. things in, that organization has done. In the past <laughs> in the past year or so, <laughs> that's like their best public moment. Yes. <laughs> it's just, it's just totally embarrassing. Uh, like I said, like it's, it's like you almost have to try to be this callous of an organization. And uh, I, I just wonder, you know, if, if we get to a point where it's time for Dan Snyder to maybe have his team taken away from him, I'm not to like compare sins or compare, you know, things that people have done, but if Jerry Richardson can get pulled out of here for what he did, like I'm kind of shocked that Dan Snyder still has access to his team. No, no, his wife's running the day-to-day things. He's not He's not in charge. It's not him at all. Anymore. Oh, yeah. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> he is Charles McDonald. It's at 4Verts on Twitter. Check him out at 4TheWin. Charles, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Charles. Thanks for having me. Take care. Yeah. I mean, if you're Washington, you're like, what's wrong with this? Have you seen the other stuff we've done? Yeah, we literally were sending out naked pictures <laughs> of employees exactly. without their consent. <laughs> Coming up next, the NBA is back. Want to be part of the show? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678 and leave your... We've been together for three weeks, uh, so we've established a good rhythm. And so the more he's in, the more he does, especially when we were working on offensive stuff earlier. Because uh, we've, we've built from last year, but we tweaked a lot of stuff. You know, um, But it's easy to pick up, and that's a good point, especially for him. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. The NBA is back. Two games tonight. The Nets at Bucks, two best teams in the East, plus the Warriors at Lakers. Before we get into either of those, did you see the video yesterday from Jeff Eisenband of Ben Simmons practicing yesterday? With his cell phone in his pocket. The only the only better thing would have been if they were going through layup lines and he was texting. <laughs> he might have been. And then just like <laughs> catching the ball with one hand going in and dunking as he's texting with the left. That might have been a good TikTok. <laughs> you love t- you love TikTok. Would have been a good TikTok. Uh he's in like sweats over here 
like a cutoff hoodie and sweatpants while everybody else is a practice gear, right? <laughs> so I don't know what's happening there. Uh, but on top of that, he's got a cell phone in his pocket. Is he, did he simply show up because he realized he wasn't getting traded and he was like, all right, I'm just going to be the worst yes. possible teammate, yes. the worst possible employee. Yeah. Is that better than just not showing up at all? That's a great question. Um, no, I'd rather him. So great I'd rather, question. I'd rather him show up. Uh, hey, I hadn't heard that one before. Uh, I'd rather him show up with cell phones in his pocket. Well, it's more without question. It's 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 better for us um, because if his goal is to get traded, right? That if that's his objective to get traded, then not showing up has got to be better than bad employee, well, right? Yeah. So if you're trying to trade for him, like, wait, we're trading for the guy with the cell phone in his pocket who doesn't care. I mean, yeah. If if he doesn't show up, he can't do that kind of stuff. The Nets traded for a fat guy that immediately lost a bunch of weight. In James Harden, so this there's precedent. This works. Just being James a complete. James Harden wasn't fat. He had a tricky body. He was wearing a fat suit under his warm up. <laughs> We've been over this. Okay, so but all right. So someone needs to send Ben Simmons a fat suit. Yes. Like, yeah, I put on a lot of weight, guys. Problem is, he's wearing cut off hoodies. You'll be able to tell. Yeah, you'll be able to tell he's all cut he's up. He's wearing a fat suit under there. So yeah, Ben Simmons. Ah, what a nightmare. So. Two games tonight, Nets and Bucks, Warriors and Lakers. Let's start with the West Coast game here. Lakers going to be too old. How are we feeling about this? We got we got Carmelo, LeBron, Westbrook, Rondo, like do you Dwight put, Howard. Do you put 0% in preseason? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because they went like right. over and got blown out a lot, right? Yeah, they right? didn't, they didn't yeah. win the game. No, okay. it doesn't matter. All right. I mean, how much did they even play LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Westbrook together? I I don't know. Probably I just asked you if you, I yeah, I just asked you, if you put any kind of pre- no. if you would watch them. I didn't watch them at all. Yeah. No. So I didn't uh, I didn't make a determination. Uh, my son did. He's a huge Laker fan. He hates Russ Westbrook. Oh, it's, I mean, <laughs> he just he he just despises them. And I'm like, they haven't even played a game yet together because no, it doesn't too. matter. I would too. Uh, <laughs> it that is going to be fascinating to see how they make Westbrook work. Right. Because. It's, very, it's similar to Ben Simmons. Very clearly, he's good at things. There are things that Russell Westbrook does that he's very good at. They're not the things that usually help you win an NBA championship right. once you get to the playoffs. Westbrook regular season's probably going to be great for the Lakers because he's going to allow LeBron James and Anthony Davis to not be awesome every single game because Westbrook can be awesome. Westbrook can win you a lot of games, help you in the regular season quite a bit. But when you get to the postseason, when teams decide, all right, we can hyper we can zone in hyper focus on your weaknesses and your strengths you're not defending russell westbrook at the three-point line you're just not doing it and if he knocks down a bunch of threes then you're willing to live with that but that might be the key to the entire Lakers season is can russell westbrook knock down some shots in the postseason regular season is almost irrelevant can he knock it down in the postseason is going to be the key so i'm that's a fascinating thing to watch because the talent level's there age is also there but I don't know that those pieces are going to work that well together. Are they the best in the West? Aren't they? they the have, money says they yeah, are. Yeah, they got the best odds, I think. Yeah, the money so, says they are. Which I think is a, you know, you're, you're betting on LeBron there and you're betting on talent overwhelming the rest of it out there. It's it's weird because I don't know who is the who who is the second best in the West. Kawhi's out, so it's not the Clippers. Denver? It's probably not. 
uh, it's probably not going to be Golden State. Is it Denton? I mean, Might Phoenix is still around. Dallas yeah. can't play defense. Like, there's a lot of good teams. I don't know <laughs> that there's a dominant second great team. Might be Denver. I mean, the Warriors, you got to have to be 100% healthy. Yeah, and they're not going to be for a while. And they're not. And even when Klay Thompson comes back, how good is he? That's the other That's the other big question about that team. I mean, he's a great player, but he's been out. Of, he'll have been out a long time. Two, two full years, two yeah, separate injuries. So to come back and be what he was, right. really difficult yeah. to, to accept that. If he does. They're good. Warriors have a legit yeah. shot to win the it's it's a fascinating Western Conference. It really I mean last year's playoffs was pretty fascinating because of the Lakers being the Lakers and Clippers being so far down. It's gonna be fascinating again. Now in the East, Nets and Bucks tonight. Should we just fast forward to the Eastern Conference Finals? Yes. You don't think anybody else can challenge no. that? You got the Sixers exist, no. the Celtics, the Heat, the Hawks got to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like it, you don't think any of those teams have a shot here? Not much of one. I think so. Too. You count on injuries. Much yeah, I think you you came up with by far the most important question of all. That will be the most fascinating. How do they make Russell Westbrook fit? Yeah. How do they make him fit in that team? Yeah. If they figure that out, they've, it's the talent. The talent is absolutely there. If they figure out how Russell Westbrook fits and how they can avoid that being a a massive weakness that teams can exploit, then Lakers absolutely have the talent and should probably win the dub or win the NBA title if they do so. So you're you think he's fine with playing off the ball and just kind of I mean he might not have a chance. He's playing with LeBron James. He's going to tell him what to do. I think he's going to have to. I, I mean you're not putting the ball in his hands no. at the end of the games, are you? I mean I think no. LeBron's the guy that hell Rondo might be a better option than him sometimes.